if we would not have received this PPP loan, every one of my staff, including myself, would be on employment right now. For many people, and particularly people who have suddenly found themselves unemployed, there's the option of taking a look at your career and maybe deciding to do something slightly different. Whether you're an employer or an employee, just about everyone is looking for a little help in these trying times. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. We have a lot of information for you today about small businesses and jobs, and we'll be talking to one local expert about how to position yourself to find a job in the healthcare industry. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Tuesday, April 21st. Fifteen more people have died of COVID-19 in San Diego County. It's the deadliest day of reporting we've seen so far. To date, the county now reporting 2,434 cases. There are 109 new cases from yesterday, the most in two weeks. The 15 new deaths bring our local death toll to 87, and the county estimates more than 1,300 people have recovered from the disease. Financial help could soon be on the way for hospitals. Today, the Senate unanimously approved a new $484 billion relief package. The legislation will also pump an additional $310 billion into the Paycheck Protection Program for small businesses, which ran out of money last week. The measure now heads to the House. A vote is expected Thursday. Some states are preparing to reopen. Georgia is allowing some businesses to operate starting Friday. The governor says they'll need to screen employees' temperatures, require masks and gloves where appropriate, and enforce social distancing. Some mayors are frustrated with the decision. Our governor often defers to local control, and I wish that this were an instance that he deferred to local control. I am beyond disturbed. Um, In my mind, this is reckless. Tennessee, South Carolina, Alaska, and Texas are planning to follow suit. None of those states has seen a 14-day decline in cases. That's one of the suggested conditions by the Trump administration. But on the other side of the coin, target workers who are still on the job are calling for a mass sick-out to protest awful behavior by shoppers. They say shoppers don't respect their space, aren't wearing face coverings, and don't pay attention to social distancing. Right now, at least 3,000 grocery store workers are showing coronavirus symptoms. Nearly 30 have died from the disease. Many stores are asking law enforcement to regulate shopping behavior. Some are closing stores to foot traffic altogether. The IRS is calling for some people to take immediate action to get their full stimulus money. This is for those getting Social Security, Supplemental Security Income, and other government benefits who do not file tax returns. Only those people with a qualifying child under the age of 17 should go to the IRS website and enter their child's information into the non-filers payment info section. This will get the additional $500 credit for each dependent child. You don't need to do anything to get the $1,200. The IRS says people should do this before tomorrow to get the full amount right away. If they don't, they'll still be eligible for the credit when they file their 2020 taxes. This afternoon, President Trump spoke about his decision to suspend immigration in response to the coronavirus crisis. By pausing immigration, we'll help put unemployed Americans first in line for jobs as America reopens. So important. It would be wrong and unjust for Americans laid off by the virus to be replaced with new immigrant labor flown in from abroad. 
The suspension will be in effect for at least 60 days and only apply to those seeking permanent residency. The FDA has authorized the first at-home coronavirus testing kit. The test, made by LabCorp, allows people to swab their own nose to collect a sample and then send it in for results. The test will be available in the coming weeks, and healthcare workers and first responders will get first priority. Costs $119. There are concerns insurance companies will raise premiums to cover their costs during this health emergency. Today, 10 News spoke with local representative Scott Peters. On Friday, he proposed a bill that would help mitigate the expected spike in insurance costs. So what our bill is for, for, for um, companies that, that provide insurance to the individual markets and for uh, small group plans, that the federal government will pick up a portion of the cost of these health care uh, claims so that they won't go into everyone's premiums and it won't screw up premiums next year for everybody. Peters says that next year, insurance premiums could go up between 4 and 40 percent. This proposal would prevent premiums from dramatically increasing and have the government absorb some of the costs. This week, 10 News is launching a new series called The Rebound, and our podcast is going to be a part of it. Put simply, it's stories and resources to help everyone navigate these uncharted waters financially, emotionally, and that includes information about employment. And I'm joined today by Misty Frost, the CEO of Keras, with some ideas of, you know, basically how to find work in the middle of a global pandemic. Misty, it's good to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're talking about pivoting careers. What, first of all, what do you mean by pivoting a career? How much pivoting is one expected to do once they're already kind of on the path of one job? It's frustrating, isn't it? Um, I think for many people, and particularly people who have suddenly found themselves unemployed, um, there's the option of taking a look at your career and maybe deciding to do something slightly different. Um, obviously, there are many people for whom waiting to find employment is not really much of an option, but being a delivery driver for Amazon also isn't maybe the most fulfilling option they can choose. Um, we are seeing a lot of people being very, very interested in moving into healthcare, actually, and there are tons of jobs. So we're seeing this very, very interesting pattern where um, if you are in non-critical healthcare, you may not be super busy right now, but there are obviously many, many areas in healthcare that are hiring and hiring actually ahead of people being actually ready for those jobs. And your company provides some education and resources on how to get into work and healthcare training in that field. What kind of person generally does well in the healthcare industry? Well, it really depends on whether or not you want to be client facing. So in healthcare, there are hundreds of kinds of jobs and they typically fall into either patient facing roles. So things like medical assisting or certified nurse assistant or patient care technician, things like that. Or what we refer to as back office roles, which is coding and billing, medical transcription, those kinds of jobs. So you do, even if you're squeamish at the site of... Uh you know, things that you might see in an operating room. It doesn't mean that healthcare is necessarily not the field for you. Absolutely. There's every type of job. How much training is generally required? Again, obviously, many different jobs, many different levels of training. But I mean, typically, how fast could someone who's just trying to pick this up expect to be able to be qualified enough to find work, especially now? 
Of course. Um, so there are there's a belief out there that people actually need degrees for these jobs, and that's actually not true. Most of these jobs are employment ready at the certification level. The fastest we've ever seen a learner move through a course is about four months. Um, typically, it's a little closer to a year for most people, and that has more to do with the fact that life tends to happen around you and, you, and most people can't dedicate themselves to training full-time. Um, so I would say six to nine months is a reasonable expectation. All right, that, that sounds reasonable. Let's say someone gets into it now. Obviously, the, the hope is, is that the pandemic will be over in a year's time. How stable is the, the healthcare industry in terms of providing employment for people that might be going down that path right now? Actually, incredibly stable. In 2018, healthcare became the largest employer in the U.S. Um, they're projecting almost 2 million more jobs going to be created uh, by 2028, and that was before the pandemic. So what we're seeing right now is the acceleration of some of that need. But we know that we have an aging population and that demand of healthcare services is not going to do anything but increase in the next 10 years. So getting into healthcare now actually provides a tremendous amount of opportunity career-wise. I know it's kind of blunt, but I'm sure people are thinking it. Um, you know, they're used to making a certain salary in their job they're in now. What types of entry level or, you know, levels with some training like you're talking about can they expect to earn uh, in, in the healthcare industry? Sure. It really, again, depends on which job. Um, there are everything from, you know, $30,000 a year jobs all the way up into close to six figures as you move through your career. So there's tons of information online and I'd highly recommend that as you're thinking about it, you know, looking and seeing what kind of salaries and what kind of career path you can expect. And speaking of that online, what's the, what's the best place to start? What are the best resources to look at if you want to investigate kind of going down that road? Well, I would highly recommend checking us out. It's www.careerstep.com. Um, but there are tons of online resources, so just Googling healthcare jobs will give you a ton of information. Misty Frost, appreciate uh, this conversation. Hopefully uh, useful to some people out there. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. For more information from The Rebound, we've posted links to local employment listings for you. Go to 10news.com slash rebound for those job sites and check out who's hiring. Meanwhile, following up on yesterday's podcast topic, the mayor of Coronado is adding his voice to the calls for easing restrictions on beach and ocean access during the pandemic. 10 News reporter Matt Boone spoke to Mayor Richard Bailey about why he thinks beaches and waterways should be reopened for recreation. The petition posted online this weekend by Mayor Richard Bailey of Coronado generated thousands of responses. People were able to pick the activities they think should be allowed following social distance guidelines. I think if we ask the question, you know, of the county medical official, are these, do these pose uh, a danger greater than walking on a sidewalk or going to the grocery store? If the answer is yes, then those activities should be prohibited. Um, but if the answer is no, then perhaps they should be allowed. Bailey says he submitted the responses to the County Board of Supervisors, which has the power to reopen the use of the water. I think policies that uh, criminalize otherwise law-abiding citizens for uh, surfing alone in the ocean or paddleboarding or uh, kayaking in the bay or fishing in the bay or watching a sunset with their family in their own car, I think those types of policies erodes the public's trust. The closure of the beaches in San Diego County came piecemeal, with the state, county, and cities each making decisions separately. For the reopening, 
Supervisor Greg Cox says the mayors of the coastal cities must create a uniform policy. The worst thing that could happen is having one or two cities deciding that they're going to take a different approach. Obviously, I think the end result of that would be those, those beaches would be overwhelmed and there's no way that social distancing could be maintained. In response to Mayor Bailey's request to allow for certain beach and water activities, he urged patience. Give us uh, the rest of the month of April to get to that point where we have a strong enough assurance that we've got this under control, at least at this point, and responsibly dial back some of those restrictions that we've had to put in place. Matt Boone, 10 News. We also talked about the reopening of parks yesterday. Well, in our good news segment to wrap up the show, the city of San Diego released 27 pages worth of parks and pocket parks that were opened back up to the public today just in time to enjoy the warm weather expected this weekend. However, parking lots remain closed, as do things like playgrounds and basketball courts, and all visitors will be required to practice social distancing and only participate in individual passing activities like walking or jogging. So it's not quite picnic season, but better than nothing. 10 News is tracking the number of coronavirus cases in San Diego County. Just go to 10news.com and click on our local COVID tracker. There you can find the breakdown of local cases by age and gender. You can also see the geographic location using our interactive map. We also have a list of resources, including how you can help those in need of supplies and how to identify coronavirus symptoms. Just go to 10news.com or download our free 10 News mobile app. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins, and remember... We're all in this together. 